You're listening to NFT 365, the first daily podcast on NFTs with your host, Fanzo, talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and what the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365, the only daily NFT podcast minting an NFT every day for 365 days. Powered by the ADHD coin at rally.io, here's your host and digital futurist, the ADHD superpowered Brian Fenzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. What's up, friends? Oh, welcome back to another episode of NFT 365. You know, one of the things that you know, I love about early adoption culture is the idea that we kind of get to always raise the bar when it comes to you know, what is the quote unquote gold standard or what is the, you know, let's just say the MVP um, or even, you know, what is, you know, what, what is the thing that we are like, we believe um, it's kind of like a benchmark um, that we should be, you know, seeking or achieving. And I'll just say, you know, I've been a, a I've been an early adopter on a lot of different platforms, and part of me like loves the idea of like the unknown. Like, will this succeed? Will this not succeed? Um, will this be something um, that is more of a passing fad, or is this will will this be kind of one of those? you know, first, you know, 40 plus search engines that came before Google. And then, of course, Google um, is the only thing that we even think about it when it comes to search engines today. And, you know, one of the the lessons that I that I had to take away from some of the, the past early adoptions, you know, I be it Google Plus or Meerkat or Blab live streaming um, or even Periscope live streaming uh, that was, you know, a Twitter, uh, you know, uh, kind of soapbox, which would be interesting now today with, you know, NFTs being on Twitter. But one of like the the biggest takeaways that I took from you know those those days, and I was a not only a power user, but I built I brought brands onto those platforms. I built content uh, on those platforms. You know, I did over three hundred plus episodes of a Google Hangout show, and I will tell you, like one of the things that that be, can become ugh, this is a hard thing to say. One of the things that can become a little bit, you know, contagious or you know become almost like a vi- you know virus within early adoption culture is our, our need to feel as though we must always try something new, add something new, believe there has to be something new and that what others are doing at this current moment um, isn't good enough. And I think part of the reason that is, is because there really is no set way of doing things in this whole space, this whole, uh, you know, you know, uh, early adoption space. And, you know, I think the coolest part about NFTs, and, th- and this is just going to be me kind of, uh, you know, kind of just sharing my, my take, my view on, you know, this whole space is that, you know, when I think about, you know, NFTs, I am a thousand percent confident that NFTs aren't going anywhere. They're not going to be a passing fad. They're not going to be something that disappears into the ether. Um, and the reason I believe that is because, you know, the blockchain is here to stay. But when it comes to you know understanding the nuances of NFTs and and what you know what is the that you know benchmark what is that you know, thing that gold standard you know 
we can say things like, you know, we believe that, you know, and I've said this here on the podcast, so let's, let's be real. You know, we can say like, you know, I don't believe that, you know, the best projects have even been invented, even been created yet. Or, you know, a lot of people talk about the fact that most of the blue chip projects, which for those that don't know, like a blue chip project just means like the, the top 1% projects. Most of the, the future blue chip, chip projects uh, haven't even been um, created yet. And part of that is like this, like, this need to feel like what we have right now is not good enough. And I, I, I'm, I'm okay with us always looking to reinvent, to reimagine, to, to push the limits. But here's, here's the problem. And this is where, you know, I wanted to kind of take this conversation today is that when we, when we think about, you know, what, what we're trying to deliver, here's the, here's the, the basic truth. And, and especially in the word utility, right? When we think about like this idea of utility, like what does utility really mean? Utility just really means it's the things that we are going to deliver. <laughs> you know, it's attached to our business plan. If you buy this or if you're holding this, it entitles you to this. Now, the beauty of this is that we can always add on, we can always over deliver, we can continue to um, you know leverage in creative ways versus you know typical products or services or software. Let's face it, for the most part, you know people pay for something, you deliver it, and then you move on. Well, this isn't a transactional relationship, right? Because when someone is buying or you know holding an NFT, it's not that like they're just gonna you know hey this is a transaction, thanks, I'm gonna move on. It's the idea of like, hey, we are co-owners. But the thing that I've heard a lot lately, and, I, and, I, and I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of hopefully inspire us, you know, all of you amazing listeners of the podcast to stop kind of like this idea and like shift our, our narrative, even for how we're researching NFT projects. So, you know, you can be a collector, an investor, you can be someone that's currently, you know, in the game so that you can figure it out so you can be... <laughs> a creator yourself. Maybe you're an agency um, where you want to you know, help other brands or businesses or your clients um, onboard um, into NFTs. The thing that we have to really strive to fight against is saying things like, I don't believe any other project has utility like ours. Or our utility is unlike anything you have seen before. Because what we are ultimately conveying in those moments is that all of the other utility in the most case is, is less than or not superior enough or not good enough. And when we're in an early adoption culture, you know, the, most of the people that we're actually like preaching to, they've already seen the light. They've had that aha moment, right? And the, the beauty of this is that you know, something like utility can be delivered in a wide fashion of ways, right? And the thing I think it's funny uh, about early adoption, and I want you to think about this real quick, because this is, the, this is an early adoption trend that happens every single time. When I was doing live video, and, I, and, and the first year of live video in 2015 or 2014, you know, with Meerkat, uh, I did over a thousand live streams that year. And uh, yeah, that's just way too much. As you can imagine, there was a lot of bad content, um, a lot of useless live streams. But the the narrative, the funny narrative, and it's what we see every single time, is we would joke and say like, when are we going to stop hearing hearing only on live stream people talk about the value of live stream? 
you know, we could we could fast forward to Clubhouse. Clubhouse became, um, I mean, for anyone that during the global pandemic, I mean, I will say Clubhouse like it saved my sanity in so many ways, and I'm so blessed for that platform. It's allowed me to build friendships, connect with some people, build amazing business uh, resources and clients via the the global pandemic. But it took about nine months for things to move beyond. You know, yes, there was some content, but. For the most part, there was a lot of Clubhouse talking about Clubhouse on Clubhouse during Clubhouse, convincing people to come on Clubhouse. And if you were on Clubhouse, you know what I'm talking about. And the interesting thing in kind of like this NFT space is that a lot of the utility that are built into NFTs are... Let us help you find new NFTs. We are going to be the alpha group for your NFTs. We are going to be the NFT within NFTs, and we are going to airdrop you additional NFTs so that you have so many NFTs and so much NFT resource that everything is going to be amazing. Now, that is not a bad thing because part of this like early adoption cycle is that idea that we have to really you know, like help each other push things forward, help each other educate. I mean, I'm doing a daily podcast. If you jump into our Discord, a lot of the conversation is around Web3 and NFTs. But I will tell you, the projects that excite me when it comes to utility are projects that are thinking far beyond that, right? And you will hear most of the time when I am talking about uh, my favorite NFT projects, you'll notice that a lot of what I talk about as utility that I value are, are things like uh, coaching, things like uh, access to private events, things like mastermind uh, courses, uh, things such as, uh, you know, you know, exclusive, uh, you know, access to a party discount, you know, uh, discounts on travel or, or, uh, you know, airlines with your holding an NFT. Uh, maybe it's a, a piece of artwork that is only available for you. And, and part of that is because, like, I understand that we, are, we will continue to have kind of like this kind of value add, but I'm going I'm to put this out there to all of our listeners. I know a lot of you consider yourself very passionate, very dialed in NFT consumers, NFT collectors. Here's the question I want to ask you, and I'm not even going to give you the answer on this podcast episode. What is the utility of Bored Ape Yacht Club? Actually, let me go. Let's, let's, what is the utility of... Let's just say World of Women NFT project. What is the utility within Moonbirds? Funny enough, you're going to hear a lot of people talk, a lot of experts talk about these projects, talk about them being blue chips and them inspiring all of the other projects. But if you drill down to them, I think a lot of people would struggle to tell you what the answer is to those questions. And the funny thing about a lot of this is because a lot of times the value of the early success is defined by their continued ability to reinvent, reimagine, and pivot themselves and their brand and their business and what they're doing. Now, that can be extremely exciting, but it also leads to this weird benchmark of us trying to achieve something that is not achievable. We can't go back in time and deploy our NFT project in the, you know, May of 2021. We can't, you know, be the first, you know, women-led project. We can't be the first project that deploys a coin. And so the thing that I look at and the thing, and, and you know, I, I, I'm going to put this out there, right? You're like I'm researching and buying an NFT every single day 
for almost a half of a year, right? For almost six months now, we're bu- I've been buying an NFT every single day. I, I don't know anyone that's spending the amount of time that I've been spending researching different projects. We've done now 14 uh, different blockchains as we minted one on the Wave blockchain um, yesterday. But I, I say this because when I look at you know utility and roadmaps, I, I've shared this before that I always look at it on like twofold. Like what is the actual utility that they're trying to provide? And then what is the projected utility? But I will tell you, my, my thoughts on utility have actually changed a little bit as well. Because here's the thing that I'm trying now to wrap my head around. If I want to hold a project or look at the value of a project a year from now, or let's just say two years from now, the thing that I have to look at or try to better understand is what, it, what, are, what is that, like, that project's, what is their you know, what is their staple? What is their mantra? What is their mission statement? What is the thing that they are setting out uh, to achieve or to accomplish or to be better than or to um, you know, really own across the board, right? And I will tell you, you know, uh, we can, I, you know, we, I, full transparency, like we minted uh, a vFriends, uh, vFriends version two um, this past week. And I'm super excited to be a part of that project. Um, I didn't jump into V1, uh, mainly because I, I wanted to mint into uh, V friends and V two. I, I will say there's a high likelihood I will end up buying a a V one uh, sometime this summer for sure. But um, one of the things I think is interesting is that here's here's a challenge. I'm going to give you the answer to this one. What is the you know what is that mission statement or like the the north star for Gary Vaynerchuk and V friends? I'll give you a second to kind of think about that, right? Because you know, for a lot of our listeners, I know that you either have a V friends or um, that is one that you would love to have in your collection. I mean, I, I can't blame you on that at all. But the the answer to that question, if, if you're still kind of trying to wrap your head around it, is Gary is his mission is to create the most dynamic, the most unique, and the most worldwide accepted intellectual property that has ever been deployed in the sense of we will talk about it with our kids, kids, the V friends characters that are in TV shows in uh, your, in the books, in the library. And it's interesting because there's one thing that Gary has done, especially with V friends, V you know, this first year and leading up to VCon, which is happening um, at the end of this month. And uh, I haven't decided yes or no on, on VCon yet. Uh, I'm leaning towards yes, but I, you have to stay tuned to, uh, if we're able to kind of pull that off. But the thing that I think is so important in this utility conversation, in this like pushing each other forward conversation, is that we do have to have a mission statement. And even if that mission statement is to is in the, in the short term focused on the things that we know our community cares about, right? Things from, you know, how do we, how do we help people feel like we're, we're moving the floor price? How do we, how do we help people have short term, um, you know, value while we get to that mission statement? So here's, here's, that's, this is the, this is the, the magic that I believe that I'm leaning into uh, moving forward, not only for the project that we are going to be uh, launching very soon here with the podcast, which will be a, a very exciting, uh, hopefully unique uh, PFP project. Uh, it will not have utility unlike any other utility, but it will have a, a creative approach to everything from our art, 
um, to the roadmap to some of the things that we are, you know, kind of uh, focused on. Because let's face it, I've been able to see all kinds of projects, not only ones that I hold, but ones that I've researched that I've decided not to buy. And then they've been successful. And I've been able to kind of take all of that into account. But here, here's the, 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 the magic sauce when it comes to utility, I believe. When we're looking at utility, the thing that I believe is the magic is we have to assess utility and say, what is the utility in the short term that is going to keep people satisfied enough to get to the part where we can start delivering on our mission statement, on the actual core values and the, the actual passion and the, 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 like that, that like culture of our community and what we're trying to build. Now, I think a lot of projects have had mission statements, but they haven't done a great job of satisfying that, like, that short-term communication and value and gamification and game theory. And what happens there is people give up. They move on. We have you know, very impatient. And then you end up losing, in many cases, probably the people that were going to be the best for your community. And then the other, co- other side is people realize, oh my goodness, I just need to mass- maximize all of the stuff short term just to keep people happy, keep people motivated, and really just like lean in. But then there's no, th- re- there's no thread. There's no, like, there's no essence. There's no like, you know, what, is the, what, are the, what are the values of this community? And so what happens in that case is that people you know, kind of solve that, that short term itch. They, they come on this early journey and then they ask themselves like, why am I even holding this anymore? Like, there's other projects can, that can scratch this same itch. There's other projects that um, can get me just as excited. And in some cases, it's like, you know what? I like the, the dopamine hit whenever there's the reveal and then there's the dip and then it comes back up and then we're trying to figure it out. And then I like to get out and move on and I, wanna, I just want to ride that roller coaster. And here's, here's where it's exciting is that I, I believe the projects that are the reason that we say things like slow burn, right? And if you don't know what slow burn is, you can uh, just search back to some of our previous episodes. I did a couple whole episodes on slow burn projects. But here's part of the reason I believe that slow burn projects are going to be massively successful. And they already, we are, we're already proving that right in many different cases. Look at Alpha Girls, look at World of Women, uh, not World of Women, look at Women and Weapons, um, look at, you know, there's a lot of projects that I can um, use as examples that were initially slow burns that are now um, become kind of, um, you know, projects that are definitely uh, on the up and coming and, and ones that are going to be around for a long time. The reason that slow burn projects work is because that short-term utility is being deployed to those people that are early adopters that feel like they just want to be a part of something great and they're built, they're part of the team that's building this. And then as the short-term delivery continues to happen, all of a sudden you start to carve out that bigger mission, that bigger, that, that value proposition. And then all of a sudden you're going to be able to drop the rest, you know, all of a sudden the project's going to sell out. And when we look back on it, we're going to say, oh, it's because they didn't mint out overnight and community took too long. Uh, community wasn't built, you know, 10,000 people didn't join the Discord in, in one day. But I actually think it comes back, weirdly enough, to the utility. If we're able <laughs> to serve our super fans and over deliver to them early, and then that gets us enough runway to deliver the maximum utility value at the right time. Not only is that utility value going to stand out amongst all of the other projects, but you're going to have a whole group of people that are loyal and that are supporters. I mean, we've all seen that, right? There are people, and I'm one of them, right? For projects that I mint, 
projects that I'm in early from the jump, I take extra pride in that because I believed in them before everyone else believed in them. But imagine on that idea, like I believed in their greater mission and I was able to weather the storm and then get to that, that end point. I know some people will talk about, they believe there's going to be like a level setting of NFT projects and a lot of NFT projects are going to fail. I believe the ones that are going to fail are ones that are either built without a business plan are ones that don't understand the, the need for this mission and values and building a culture. I believe the ones that fail will be the ones that don't understand the value of transparency and over communication. And I believe the ones that will fail will oftentimes be the ones that rushed to delivery, rushed to deployment. Like we came up with the, the profile photo uh, project that we are going to launch uh, you know, this summer. We, d- we started brainstorming that August of last year. And we started working through it and, and we could have deployed it in November or December of this past year, but we chose the podcast, right? And part of me that makes me most excited about that is not only have I been able to learn and we've been able to grow this massive team of now nine people that are kind of supporting us across the board, but I also know that so many of you listeners, so many of you that have come along on this journey, guess what? I don't have to convince you to trust me. Go back and look at the other 167 plus days in a row. I say that I'm going to show up. I'm going to deliver, give you everything I got. Have I, have I missed a day? Have I not delivered? Have I not been committed to my word? Have I not stood up and said, hey, I'm willing to admit when I don't know, when I, I will share the things that have gone right, the things that have gone wrong. I will be transparent. If a project is one in my bag, you will know that every time I bring up that project, I will say that that's a project that I own or that's a project that's in our collection. And the beauty of that for me is there's almost the idea that this this podcast is our slow burn. And the the kind of the most exciting part that I just w- want to put out there is that you know when we're ready to launch and and the details be very, shared very soon we're going to deliver with a mission statement, with a value proposition, with a detailed business plan, with not short-term focus but reimagining, reinventing and creating something that I want to be my brand for as long as I'm on this earth. The thing that I want to be known for, the thing that I want to be attached with, the thing that I believe will make an impact on so many people's lives. And the cool part about that is, or I guess maybe the frustrating part about that is, is I believe there's a lot of founders today that are doing that same thing. The problem is, they're not understanding the need for either that short-term value or the need to put those values in that culture mission statement out in the open, out in the front, so people remember why they're there, why they're holding, why they, have, they shouldn't care about the floor price. But we have a long way to go, my friends, and I will tell you, this early adoption cycle, it is a roller coaster. It has its ups and downs. There is good times. There are bad. There are times where you want to quit. There are times that you feel like you're going to lose your your money. There are times where you question why you're even involved in this. There's times where you're going to think about, you know what, this isn't for me, or I don't have enough money to play in this game, or I'm too late already. But here's the truth. None of that is true. Because we're all still figuring this out as we go. We're all still listening. We're still learning. But There's one thing more than anything else that I know that I'm betting on when it comes to utility, 
and that's people. If you can find great people that are doing and wanting to do great things, I don't believe betting on them will ever do you wrong. Until next time, my friends, my name is Brian Fanzo. Cheers. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research.